0: Hi there i'm mindy jensen and i'm carl jensen and this is the mindy and carl on money show where we talk about what happens after you reach financial independence and quit your job or not on this episode of mindy and carl on money carl and i sit down to talk about that episode of the Ramit show you know the one but before we get started let's take a quick break
1: we love using Empower to keep track of our net worth, including our investments and bank accounts.
0: It's a completely free service that automatically updates your numbers, giving you an instant financial snapshot.
1: Go to com slash Empower to sign up today. Again, that's com slash
0: Empower to sign up today. That's MindyOnMoney.com slash Empower. Did I say it wrong? No, you just said it really fast. No, oh, okay.
1: Yeah, I, I like to talk fast.
0: I know. That's why I said it slower.
1: <laughs> so what are we talking about today? We we're talking about the Big Bad Ramit episode. Big Good, Good and Bad. The
0: Big Good. Yeah, Good and Bad. Ramit Sati has a podcast called I Will Teach You to Be Rich. And on episode 108, which aired June 10th, 2023, that episode featured me and Carl. Or should I say Carl and me? It's not Carl and I, Carl and me, whatever. Grammar police, you can email. I don't care. It tell it to somebody else.com.
1: And was that June 10th or June 20th? I think you just said June 10th.
0: Oh, I meant June 20th. If I said June 10th, I was lying. It was the episode that aired June 20th, episode 108. So you're taking a deep breath. The airing was about an hour and 40 minutes, but the recording time was a little bit longer.
1: Yeah, it was over three hours long, uh, so the people who listened to it probably only heard about half of it, and it was rough. I remember being done with that. We did it later at night. I think we might have started at 6 and finished up close to 10, maybe 9.30, and I felt like I was going to throw up after I was done. It, it wasn't even physical. I, I don't usually feel like that after a, after a mental task. It was a, it was a roller coaster.
0: It was really rough. It was not what I expected when I sat down to talk to Ramit. So the whole issue is I have actually spoken to Ramit a couple of times on my other podcast, Bigger Pockets Money. And I should have been clued in from watching his show and listening to his podcast and speaking to him on my podcast. but. What I had expected was, hey, Ramit, we're both in this industry and you will teach me to be rich. So, you know, teach me how to live my rich life. Do you have any tips for loosening the purse strings? And I really honestly thought he was going to be like, hey, here's something you can do and here's something you can do and here's something you can do. And hindsight is 20, 20 and that's absolutely not what happened.
1: I had never talked to him before, but since you had, I thought you all were like, buddy, buddy, and he'd be nice and come in with these great suggestions about what we should do with our money and our some of the issues we, w- we were going to talk about. But no, he wasn't. I'm not going to say he was mean, but he was very stern and to the point, and he called us out, which I appreciated.
0: It was an overall positive experience, but the actual experience was not positive. It was I had, like, the sweats, and I was feeling very like heart palpitation-y and just like, oh, I am on the spot. And what I loved and what he did cut out several times was he would be like, hey, here's a really uncomfortable question. I'll wait for your answer. He didn't, you know, when you're recording a podcast and you ask the guest a question and they're like, oh, huh, I don't know. As the host, I tend to just move on to the next question. And Ramit was like, I'll wait.
1: Yeah, I think sometimes those pauses were like 40 seconds long. Maybe it was a long time. Whole
0: minutes. Like, okay,
1: I'm just going to be quiet. Maybe he'll he'll come in and say something to give me another prompt. But no, he wanted to see what was going on in our brains. <laughs> yeah, it
0: was rough. How did we end up on the Ramit show? We wanted to have a more healthy relationship with money. And we had listened to an episode of the Mad Scientist podcast where he invited Ramit on his show and they were talking and Ramit started kind of grilling Brandon about how he spends money. And and Brandon was saying, oh, I'm getting uncomfortable. This is like, I really feel put on the spot. And I thought to myself, that didn't clue me in either. Like what... Yeah, yeah, okay. You can email me, Mindy at com, and tell me what a m- silly goose I was for that. I don't want to say moron or idiot because those aren't nice. No. But yeah, he, he seems to be pushing Brandon to spend more money. And Carl and I had been having conversations about how we have this nest egg and we don't spend it. We feel cheap and we don't want to be cheap. We want to have a better... Relationship with money. So I reached out and said, hey, I'd like to be on the show with my husband. Here's our situation. We did a little test recording with one of their producers. And then they called us up and said, hey, we'd like to have you on the show. One thing I've
1: thought of frequently is about 25 years ago when I had just finished college and got my first real job, I was like negative $60,000. I had $60,000 in college and credit card debt. I remember the first thing I did with my first paycheck, I went out and bought a pound of ground beef and made Sloppy Joe sandwiches. And it was glorious because for the previous four years, I had been four and a half years uh, uh, involuntary vegetarian. And I think vegetarianism is great, but I didn't back at that time. And the thing is, now I kind of feel the same way about money, despite us having a substantial net worth. So I don't think... Before talking to Ramit, and we're still working on it, but I don't think we had evolved well with our financial situation. Why am I still so excited to find like a $5 bill on the ground or something like that? I shouldn't be. I I mean, it's kind of exciting, but it...
0: It's free money. I'm excited. I'm still excited after talking to Ramit to find $5 on the ground.
1: Yeah, but in college, like if I found a 20 that was life-changing. Like, my week got way better. I I could I could go to the $2 beer night and treat my friends and go to McDonald's and have a quarter pounder. And it was glorious, but now it wouldn't change anything. So why do I feel the same? I think that was an error. So that's why I wanted to go on.
0: Okay. I just wanted to have, like I said, I thought he was going to give us some tips for, you know, loosening the purse strings. Um that's not what happened.
1: Yeah, and that's how what I thought we would get out of it. I thought he would come up with, hey, you should do A, B, and C, like these glorious experiences, or you should buy these specific things. And I don't know why I thought that. That was a pretty silly assumption because it's not that easy. Everyone is different, and the problems go way deeper than that. That would have been fixing perhaps the symptom and not the root cause of our issues, if you even want to call them that.
0: It would have made for an easier recording.
1: <laughs> it would have.
0: Okay, so what do we actually get out of it?
1: Oh, wow. That's a that's a deep question. I mean, how do you feel right now? I think we're in a lot better place despite the fact I just came down from fixing the dryer. I've I think I Which has
0: been broken since April.
1: Yeah. I value my time more than I did before. We have outsourced certain parts of our life that we would probably not have before we went on Ramit.
0: Yes, I got out of it that I don't feel guilty when I spend money on things that bring me joy or make my life easier or make somebody else's life easier or bring them joy.
1: Can you think of a couple small or even big purchases that you or we have done since being on Ramit that have brought us joy that we might not have done had we not been on Ramit?
0: We did some experiences, some excursions on vacations that I don't think we would have done if we hadn't gone on the show. One of the things we did was we had already planned to go to Hawaii for an extended vacation in June of 2023. And while we were there, we took a helicopter ride, which is something that we have never done in any of the times that we have been to Hawaii. And we went zip lining with our kids, which is something that we have never done. And these are not inexpensive things. I don't even know how much the helicopter ride is. Don't go, don't tell me. <laughs> we decided after the conversation that we were going to treat our family to a cruise, his mom has always wanted to see Alaska, and an Alaskan cruise would be really cool. And if we're going to take his mom, why don't we take his sisters too? So that has become something that we are doing in June of 2024. What are some things that you've spent money on? I just went on this great trip. First, I
1: went to Austin for a Tesla event, which was pretty cool. I'm not sure I would have done that otherwise, because the last-minute plane tickets were like three or four hundred dollars. That's a lot. Besides Hawaii, that might be the most we've ever spent on plane tickets. <laughs> After that, we went to see U2. No, there
0: was also the, the Germany plane tickets. Remember, that came up in the episode.
1: Oh, yeah, the, the Germany plane tickets were a lot. But you expect that. I'm, I guess I'm framing that in the context of a domestic trip. I usually don't spend that much on plane tickets. But, yeah, then after that, we went to Las Vegas and saw U2 at the Sphere.
0: Which yes. was super cool. We did. And that was an amazing experience. Um, we... We were able to go and see this great band in this very desired space. And it—it it, it, I never even thought about how much that cost. Whereas if I had gone prior to speaking with Ramit, I would have been worried about the cost of the concert tickets or just not even have gone. Oh, they're that much? I'm not going. Again, I don't know how much those cost. I don't want to know. But I also don't have any anxiety that I don't know. Whereas before I would have maybe had some or a lot of anxiety for not knowing how much something cost. a smaller change that I have seen is that now, whenever we go anywhere that has a, you know, would you like to tip usually waitresses, I tip 25% as opposed to 15 or 20. And that's something that makes, the server's life better and doesn't change my life at all.
1: Cool. One other thing I want to point out is it's pretty neat to be generous. On the last leg of this trip, I went to Arizona. I took our aunt and uncle out to a a nice dinner. Great mole. El Charo in Tucson. Highly recommended. Five out of five. And then uh, we have some friends down there, Jason and Shana, and I took them out to dinner as well, which was great. They hosted me. I'm like, hey, I'd really like to pick up the tab and They wouldn't let me, but I just snatched the check away. (laughs) And there's another level of the generosity, which I think is pretty cool, too. Uh, One thing we did for our kids this year is we give them a, a little gift every year, like an advent calendar type of situation. And one thing we did on two separate days is just give them money with the instructions that they had to donate it to a charity. One of them was Toys for Tots. They had to go out and buy toys. And another one was, what is that other organization? Buy a
0: cow for somebody and I can't remember what it's called. Yeah,
1: someone will leave a note in the comments. But we get this catalog every day and you can buy food or or an animal to help a, a village in an impoverished part of the world, which is pretty cool. So we're being generous and hopefully we're teaching our kids to be generous. And
0: that feels super good. One of the most helpful to my mindset comments that I got after the show aired and our friends listened to it. Cause shockingly, we have a bunch of friends in the Phi community. When we moved to a new state, my husband said to me, what is something that I could do that would make your life better? And she said, I would like to hire a cleaning person. And that is probably hands down the best thing that we have done with our money. And also the hardest thing to do because I feel Lazy. Hiring a cleaning person because I can do it myself. I don't work full time. He doesn't work at all, like for a job. We have time to clean our house, but we both hate cleaning, and that makes it sound like we live in a pigsty, and we don't. But we do, like there's clutter, and I don't want to break out the mop, and I hate cleaning toilets, and I just I don't want to do it. So I really don't do a good job, and we hire a woman who comes in every other week. She does a phenomenal job. Her, the house is way cleaner since she's been here than it ever was before she got here. She's here for three or four hours and it looks amazing. It would take me 19 hours to do everything that she does. And we've created a job. She now has income because we've hired her. So that's a win-win because she gets money and I don't have to clean my house.
1: Yeah. So there's a couple of things I. Perhaps everyone can't relate to our specific situation, but I think there's a lesson in here for the audience, and that's that you have to evolve with money. If if you have significant net worth or, or any net worth, you've been working for 10 years, you've been maxing out your 401ks, your relationship with money should change. For example, when I got out of school, my first priority was paying off all these student loans. And then after that, it was saving. So putting into a 401k when you're 30 means a heck of a lot more than putting $10,000 into it when you're 50 because by then you should have a substantial amount of money in there and it's going to be a diminishing return. And you have to realize that. And I think this is a problem with a lot of people. I know the mad scientist has talked about this too. I think when when he was on a date with Jill, his now wife, he was at a fancy restaurant in Switzerland and he ordered water, and then the waiter said, well, there's a charge for that. So he said he went into the bathroom and put his face under the, <laughs> under the tap water and drank water. But I can relate. Minnie's laughing, but, man, that's something I would do too, and I would consider doing it now.
0: But it's not— You're not allowed to do that now.
1: Yeah, I, I won't do that now. But you have to evolve with your financial situation. But I also think you have to be careful with that, too. You just can't go bonkers buying Ferraris or Lamborghinis or Corvettes. You should...
0: Who do we know that has a Ferrari or a Lamborghini or a Corvette?
1: I know people who have Corvettes. No Lamborghinis or Ferraris I know. We did know the person who had a Rolls-Royce, right? But a a crappy one, like a $2,500 one. I don't
0: think there's any such thing as a $2,500. I think he just bought it for (laughs) $2,500.
1: So I... I think your spending, and this is a big one, this might be the main point of this whole thing, your spending should be informed by your, your values and figuring out what your values are and what's really important to you is probably the key to this whole thing. I, I don't think most people would say their values are uh, Super Bowl tickets. I think most people would say their values are spending time with their family, uh, raising good kids if you have them, having good relationships with your neighbors, All that core stuff that's really important. Of course, commercials don't tell us to do all that stuff because there's no money to be made to tell people to spend money with your kids. There is money to be made by telling you to buy an $80,000 pickup truck. So we don't get that message and we have to be careful not to stray off that path. What, What do you think about that?
0: I don't know. It sounds a little preachy.
1: Oh man! <laughs> I, I didn't mean to be preachy. If anyone wants to buy me a Corvette, though, I would take
0: it. I guess. I'd, and if you can email Carl at MindyOnMoney.com. Mindy dot but, com. But the one
1: thing I want to say too is, if cars and we've owned an Acura NSX, which is a very fancy, expensive car, if that kind of thing is important to you, and it really brings you joy, those are your values, and I think you should go with it if that brings you happiness, or. If the Super Bowl would really be a great thing, go for it. I'm not going to tell you not to do it. I just think we have to be careful not to let the media trick us.
0: Yeah, don't let the media dictate what your values are. And I mean, that's a really good point. What are your values? If you don't know what your values are, now's a really great time to start thinking about them. Write it down. This isn't a five-minute exercise. This is something that you need to think about, take notes on you know, get a note app for your phone so you can start taking notes about like, oh, things I value. We're going to have other homework assignments too. So keep that note app handy. But start thinking about what you truly value. And it isn't money. It isn't, you know, like things you can buy so much. It's, it's well, I, I guess if you really value cars, you can buy a car. Yeah, okay. We'll yeah. just put those parameters out there. What do you value?
1: One value for us is security and having a financial suit of armor. And that's what that's what excess money does for you. And I think it's pretty great. We can absorb shocks if the hail takes out our roof or our furnace dies, which has happened twice in the past year. We, <laughs> could, we could absorb that, and it's not going to kill us. And it feels really good knowing that we have that kind of resiliency built into our lives.
0: Yeah, shout-out to Bob from Circulating Air. <laughs> I fixed
1: the last two, though. Well... Maybe one. one, I don't know. <laughs> okay, so the furnace chooses to die. It's 13 degrees outside, and I know how to fix it. It's easy. It's an easy fix, and the part is like 100 bucks. But I've got a plane to catch like in three hours.
0: And the part won't get here until tomorrow.
1: Yeah. So and um, I don't
0: know how to fix it.
1: So instead, the furnace guy made 800 bucks. But good for him. Hopefully, his kid's had a nice Christmas. He's a great guy, too.
0: Okay. <laughs> Tangent. <laughs> Okay, do we have anything else we want to talk about today? I'd like
1: to talk about my main three takeaways. Just, I'm going to bring it back to my. I hate talking about myself, but clearly, <laughs> I'm doing it in the, in the interest that maybe you could help someone else out. So my three main takeaways from this, and if you want to, you can go first. Do you have any big takeaways from Ramit besides our wonderful cleaning person?
0: Nope, it's your turn.
1: Okay, wow. <laughs> so No. The one thing I thought is after we were on the Remit show, I tried to think of what could we do with our money to add value or happiness to our life? And and it's a hard question because I'm really happy with where we live. I'm really happy with our cars. There's not much I would change. Even if we had 10x the money we do now, I would live our daily lives almost exactly how we do it now. Is there anything you would do if we had 10x the money we do now? What would you change about our day-to-day lives? I'd have a beach house. <laughs> okay, so that's a pretty big one. <laughs> uh, so my second big takeaway is we should definitely spend the money when it improves our quality of life. And these are mostly small things like opting for the Tillamook cheese, the really good cheese, instead of the like crappy generic cheese. It's the cleaning person, which isn't going to break our bank.
0: it. it, it Opt for the Tillamook cheese instead of the generic cheese, comma, the cleaning person. We're not cleaning the with cheese.
1: <laughs> no, no, that would be a mistake unless you want your house to smell like cheese and then probably Ew. smell really bad a couple days later. Ew. But, yeah, it's all, the, it's all the really small things. I love that money takes those decisions out of your life. You don't have to question stuff at the grocery store if you want to buy. And this is a big one, too. This is one I struggled with. For a long time, buying food at the airport because you go there and the burrito that would cost like eight bucks at Chipotle is that how much a burrito costs now? It's something like that, right? Yeah,
0: something like that.
1: Anyway, the eight dollar Chipotle burrito is like 16 bucks at the airport, and I'd be starving and I, I wouldn't do it because I just can't get past that. But now I will buy it, I still might think a little bit about it, but it's nice not to have to worry about those little stupid small decisions. Uh, my third takeaway is we've done some spending experiments. Mindy included, alluded to the helicopter ride. I rented a Corvette for fun in California. We had an expensive meal in Las Vegas. What was it, like $200, I think? One of those fancy steak places.
0: Yes, but I don't think uh, Ramit would call that an expensive meal. It was for us. Yes. I'm flying to Taco Bell. I think you it was ten x our normal meal.
1: Okay, so a real quick side topic: everything was. We were in Las Vegas for two nights. The first night we couldn't find a place to eat. It was late. Everything was packed, so we had In n Out Burger. They have an In and Out Burger right there on the Strip. The second night we had the fancy steak restaurant. So, night one was like sixteen or eighteen bucks for the meal. Night two was like two hundred plus. Compare and contrast meal one to meal oh, two. Oh
0: no, I'm not participating in this conversation.
1: Okay, I will. I think In and Out Burger was like. 80 or 90% as good as the the steak place.
0: Yeah, easily. And maybe that's just we don't have these refined palates. One of these... So it was the Brazilian steakhouse where they come and they bring you all the meat that you can eat. And they had this amazing salad bar. I would really just like the salad bar. And then a little bit of the meat. But I didn't want to feel enormously full. Because that was the night we were going to the concert, right? I didn't want to be like so bloated and just uh, kill me now. So we i didn't eat all 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 that i could and it was it was good the chicken was dry i was very surprised for that price i expect like the, the best chicken ever but it was very tasty and if i had to choose again i would go to in and out burger because i don't i feel like i got my money's worth and i don't feel like i have to roll out of there and for $200 i don't feel like i got my money's worth
1: yeah and I'm just saying there was a white castle right down the street too. We could I love have had white that. Castle. I know, I do too. Usually we eat healthy by the way. Don't eat in white castle or In-N-Out on a regular basis. So a little bit less meat, maybe a little bit less rum meat.
0: Oh, no. A lot more rum meat, <laughs> way just, less meat. I'm
1: just kidding. <laughs> rum meat is never ever going to listen to this, but uh, I'm really <laughs> thankful that he took the time to help us out cuz I think we're in a much better place. Uh, we talked about other big spending experiments we already talked about the family cruise which will run about twelve thousand. and i something i thought i would never do this is a a last minute one i bought a taylor swift ticket for a thousand dollars and i'm not even a, a a really big fan but i wanted to see it with my daughter and there you have it it was great
0: i am glad you were able to spend all of that money do you have any regrets on any of that money
1: I like fancy cars, but I think I might be over it. I rented the Corvette in Los Angeles. Driving in the mountains east of San Diego was great. Driving in downtown Los Angeles at rush hour in a car that feels like your butt gets about three inches off the ground. Uh, People are aggressive. You can't see anything. It was not a pleasant experience. So maybe I'd rent a car again. Maybe not. But I definitely would never rent another corvette or fancy car in los angeles and you're always worried about someone hitting you too it's a turro so that would have been a bag of worms versus just a toyota corolla from avis or whatever
0: turro has insurance
1: yeah they have insurance but i don't know and i'm sure my credit card would have covered it i think maybe but i don't want to well, find out yes we don't want way. to find out So what are we going to talk about on the next episode? We're going to have a continuance of this conversation.
0: A little bit of a continuance of this conversation. On the next episode, we're going to talk about the responses that we got from going on this episode. We were quite surprised by what everybody said. So stay tuned tomorrow for the responses we got from our friends, from strangers on the Internet about... Showing up on The Ramit Show.
1: Our friends and possibly some enemies as well. You got called a Karen, even though you're a
0: Mindy. I got called a Karen. Yes. I didn't think I sounded like a Karen. But we'll talk about that tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Mindy. And Carl. On Money Show.
1: Where can people find us or and or email us?
0: You can find us anywhere they have podcasts. Mindy on Money. And you can email... Mindy at MindyOnMoney.com or Carl at MindyOnMoney.com. If you like this
1: episode, email me. If you have criticism, maybe Mindy's your better choice. (laughs) Criticism in air quotes.
0: Yes. If you have constructive feedback, email Mindy at MindyOnMoney.com. Okay. Thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you tomorrow.
1: Mindy out. (laughs) Dork. I'm a super dork. (laughs)